You're listening to Californiando with my boy Tovar. Que onda raza? Welcome back to Californiando. We're coming to you from the Donde Están Las Mangueras Studios. This is your host Tovar, and today I'm with El Señor B.C. What up, though? Today on the podcast, we're breaking down the 2018 World Cup. We're going to give you a couple of uh, fun games to watch, uh, fun teams to watch, players to watch, group winners, the World Cup champ, the soccer expert, BC's prediction to win the World Cup. And we're also going to do a, a Mexico team preview Mexico team expectations. But before that, BC, uh, break the uh, news on 2026. So uh, we got the World Cup. Um, that'll be fun. Um, so 2026 will be uh, a World Cup between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. With, I believe, 10 games going to Mexico. I'm not too sure on the number for Canada. And... Uh, most of the games will be played uh, in the U.S. It's important to note that after the after the first round, all the games will be in the United States, and it'll be the first World Cup with 48 teams as opposed to 32 teams. And how does that change anything? You know what? I haven't really looked into it. Um, I'm curious as if there's just going to be uh, two additional groups, if you're just going to add one team to every group, or two teams, or... Maybe some teams will have a buy, but I'm, I'm curious as to how that's going to work out my work out myself. Let me give you the cities, uh, the cities where the games are going to be played. And like you said, it's just the first the first round or, or what? It, I think it'll be the first round and then everything after quarterfinals will be in the United States. Okay, so here's here's the breakdown. You're going to have 20, uh, 16 host cities. Okay, so in Canada, you're going to have Edmonton and Montreal hosting the World Cup. In the United States, you're going to have Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Kansas City, Dallas, Houston, Boston, Toronto, the New York, New Jersey area, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Nashville, Atlanta, Orlando, Miami. And from Mexico, you're going to have Monterrey, Guadalajara, and CDMX, a.k.a. Mexico City. All right, that, that should be exciting, but... Without further ado, I can pass out a show on the 2018 World Cup. So, BC, give us give us your Mexico team preview. What do you What are you looking for? What are you expecting? What do you give us your Mexico team breakdown that was asked by La Gente? Shout out El Señor Barajas who wanted the uh, World Cup preview. Yo, so um, we obviously have the first game against Germany, the second game against Korea, the third game against Switzerland? Yeah, which one of the, the blue ones. Sweden, 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 Sweden. The Sweden. Yeah, uh, Sweden, uh, same thing. It's going to be tough, man. Um, I think that the first game is really going to set the tone for this team. This team, I, I've been following this team for the past two years. Ever since that 7-0 loss against Chile, which everybody brings up and I just brought up right now. Because, they, you know, people forget that against, before the game against Chile, they beat a, a top 10 world, a top 10 uh, world ranked team in Uruguay. 
And it's and what people forget is that one of the interesting things that happened during that game is that they went in with a game plan and they saw Uruguay switch it up their game plan. So within the first two minutes, Juan Carlos, Juan, Juan Carlos Osorio switched up his tactics and Mexico went with a completely different game plan that they originally went into just two minutes after the opening whistle and they ended up winning that game, I think, 3-1. So this team does have the potential to play with world-class teams. You know, they tied Belgium 1-1 last year, um, which was in Belgium, so I think that was really big. Moving into this World Cup, you know, the last three games against Wales, against Wales, Denmark, the game in Mexico City, who I'm forgetting who Switzerland, it is. Switzerland, no? Switzerland, yeah. Um, they haven't shown the best results, but I think in the first two games, they really showed a lot of their potential. You know, they dominated possession, which is one of the things that Juan Carlos Osorio really wants to do is he wants to control the game tempo. He wants to control the ball. And they were able to do that against uh, the first game against Wales. And then in the, what he noticed was that they weren't really getting a lot of shots. So in the second game against Switzerland, he told them, go out and take more shots. And throughout that game, you saw a lot of players taking outside shots. I think Miguel Layun, who is a, def a midfielder slash defender, I think he, he alone had four shots. Okay. Um, and and he, has, he has the ability to make those goals. So I think that, that that spread out the field for them. And then I don't know if it was just the traveling or they didn't want to show too much against Germany, which is something Memo said. Um, against Switzerland, uh, you mean? Against, uh, in the game Denmark. So the following mm -hmm. game... They, they laid that egg against Denmark, and Memo mentioned something about not showing your cards to your, your enemies. Um, they, they lost 2-0, um, which, I mean, the first goal was just a beautiful goal by Poulsen. Um, it was just outside the box. He bent it. It was a beautiful goal. And, I mean, that you have to give credit to. It was just a great goal. The second goal was a goal that concerns me because it was three minutes later. It was on a throw-in, so that just shows... Um, not uh, uh, a lack of concentration um, on the defense. I think it was Salcedo over there who is expect who is who now with the injuries has to be one of your primary defenders, um, and he just lost focus. Um, so I think that that goal is concerning because you know even with the with the two worst losses of the last two years, the Chile game and the Germany game. After that first goal, they gave up the the net, the second goal within minutes. So that just shows a lack of a lack of heart from the team, you know. Um, that being said, this team really believes in their coach, and their their coach gets a lot of slack. I think that's a lot of like just BS from Televisa, just to an ESPN, just to push a narrative. Um, is it the, is it? Do you think uh, regarding their coach, the whole the, that narrative that he's not Mexican goes against them? I think that it's a talking point. I think that one of the things that Mexico fans, and I think this goes into the expectations, is that, yo, we're not a world-class team. Mexico mm -hmm. is not a world-class team. Mm -hmm. they, they can play up to that level, but, you know, this is the first time ever where most of their players come are playing in Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at a team like Iceland, who isn't that great, or Iceland's a bad, a bad example, but if you look at a team like Serbia, or if you look at a team like Poland, or if you look at a team like even Denmark, mm -hmm. you know, most of their players play in Europe, you know? So it's not like it's this, it's this like, groundbreaking idea that your players have to play in Europe. Like, everybody's play, teams play in Europe. So it's not like, 
they are that much better of, than those teams. I would say that they're more in the talent level comparable to those teams than they are to like Argentina, Brazil, or Germany. So I think that the, the belief that our team is better goes in against the narrative that Juan Carlos, Juan Carlos Osorio isn't a good coach. Because mm. well, one thing I did, I did look up was the fact that El Piojo, their previous coach, was beloved, but was outcoached on a regular basis. Bro, it's because the thing is, I mean, and I don't want to play into the stereotypes of a Mexican, uh, but he go out, go out there and be like, vamos a ganar con huevos, vamos a ganar a Brasil. Yeah. And who doesn't love that, yeah. you know? Yeah. But realistically, that can only get you so far. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you have to play the game. You have to be tactical, mm -hmm. you know? And, I mean, honestly, like, I would say that he was out coaching the final 10, 10 minutes of that of that uh, Netherlands game. Yeah. You know, they were up 1-0. By Van Gaal. Uh, yeah, by Van Gaal, yeah. which, I mean, he's <laughs> he's something else, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, I would say he was outmanaged. You know, they had a – I remember that they, they had scheduled water breaks. And after the second water break, which mm -hmm. was right around the 75th minute, mm -hmm. like – Den Holland just came out and like dominated them, you yeah. know. Um, so I would say that they have one of the best coaches I've seen in a long time. In Osorio. In Osorio, yeah. And um, if, if when he eventually gets fired or he quits Mexico, I'm really gonna watch how he how he moves forward because you know some really decent teams are offering him jobs in Europe, and I heard he might even take the U.S. job, which I think would uh, I, I would really pay attention to the U.S. Mm -hmm. if that happens because. Osorio has a long-term strategy, and that's something that Mexican fans can't comprehend. Yeah, you know, like everything is like now, now, now. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think this. I know some Dodger fans like that. Yeah, but well, that's a different episode. <laughs> I uh, think what what I did read on Osorio that I, that I liked a great quote that he had that really stuck with me, and uh, it was an article I read by Tom Marshall on ESPN, and, and he said he's been preparing for this World Cup his whole life. Yeah, man. Which, which to me as a coach, just it's it's what I want to hear as a fan. It's what I want to hear you say if you're a coach. Yeah. A lot of times, the these coaches get into these situations where you where you, they're playing. To me, it seems like he's playing to win instead of playing not to lose. Yeah. And I think in any format, in any competition, in any tournament style, you always always have to play to win the game. Yeah. You can't play not to lose because yeah. that's how you lose. You know, in that Tom Marshall article, he linked a previous article that tells the backstory on Osorio. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in, in that article, he mentions he went to Liverpool to study. And, yeah, yeah. But And he mentioned a house. And they told him, like, yo, get the fuck out of here. We don't want to give you a job. Yeah. So he found a house. that we're looking the practice field. And he rented a, ha a room with those mm -hmm. people. And would stand over their, overlooking their backyard, watching them practice. Like that shows a, a, a special kind of dedication that you really have to appreciate. And I think that I think a good majority of um, of Mexican fans appreciate it. Okay. Um, the other question I do have: You're more familiar with soccer than I am. I have my opinion on how much a let's say a baseball manager affects the game, and how much a football coach, how much a basketball coach matters. In your opinion, in the game of soccer, give me a percentage of what is your percentage of, of a coach uh, uh, that the coach matters? Uh, you know, I think it depends on 
the talent level of your team. Mm. You know, for a team like Germany or Spain or Brazil, does not really, not really. You that know, makes a, sense. A team like Mexico, I think that he's really taken care of this team as far as creating a community within the players. You know, one of the reasons he took uh, Gio Dos Santos, Gio, Gio Dos Santos, is because. This team is a unit, you know, like his brother's there. He's played with Chicha. He's played with Vela. They've grown up together, mm-hmm. you know. So he really is um, kind of creating that that team family environment. Um, as far as tactics go, I think that with this team specifically, tactics are going to matter a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he overanalyzes maybe, maybe too much mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. at some point. But I think that with this team he plays, I'd say... I'd say on a scale of zero meaning meaningless and a hundred meaning very important, I would say it's a eighty-five per, eighty on an eighty-five point scale. Okay, that uh, that's good to know, and it's it's good to be able to have the confidence in your coach if you feel like he matters that much on the field. What should we expect from this team? Um, so tactically, um, Osorio runs what is a baseline four-three-three, which means Four defenders, three midfielders, and three forward. And it's it's a pretty simple formation. Um, and throughout the game, depending on what they're facing, some of the defenders will drop back. Uh, some of the midfielders will drop back into defense. You know, I think that their defenders are probably their weakest line. Um, you know, you lost Nestor Araujo. Before before the World Cups, uh, before the before the game started, who was huge, he was probably your, I would say you're probably your second best defender after Hector, Hector Moreno, um, and then they just lost Diego Reyes, who was gonna be who was gonna be your uh, central defensive mid, mm. and so what that guy he basically holds back and he's basically your fifth defender. Yeah. Um, so I think that. I don't know who he's going to put there. I think there's some talk about Eric Gutierrez, El Guti, and he's only 23 years old, you know. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier Carlos Salcedo, who who had that mental lapse against Denmark on Saturday. You know, he's probably physically your your best defender. Hector mm. Moreno is your most experienced, your most calm. But as far as talent-wise goes, it's uh, Salcedo. But he has mental lapses, mm-hmm. you know. And... Then you're going to have Edson Alvarez over there from America. And the kid's 20 years old. Mm. You know, and you're going to put him up against a Germany line, which, I mean, granted, the Germany forward is Timo Warner, who is on my players to watch list. And he's only 22 years old. Mm-hmm. But there's difference coming up between a German youth academy and a Mexican youth mm-hmm. academy. Um, I think that one of the things that, that makes this Mexico team so exciting is their attacking power. Uh, I Oh, hold up. Their midfield is going to be uh, Hector Herrera, um, Andres Guardado, and whoever the central defensive mid is, which it will probably be John- Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh-huh. But in Guardado and Herrera, I, I mean, talent-wise, they're not the best talented. They're, they're not the most talented, but I would take that them in midfield against anybody else in the world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, Guardado is a captain in Spain. He's consistently been one of the best players. Um, in any given day, in any given game, he can give you a miraculous goal. He's gonna give you some some good centros, and um, so I would take him. You know, Hector Herrera 
you know, he's having those marital issues because of that stupid party that the media's uh, blowing out of proportion. But I think that he is a, a really good uh, midfielder. You know, he he's not gonna he's not gonna back down against any against any player. He's he's just an awesome player. He's uh, he what he does is he he puts a lot of uh, set, uh, a lot of through balls in. Mm-hmm. So he basically is a connector from the defense into into the forwards. Um, so if if uh, you had an assistant captain on this team, it would probably be Hector Herrera, and Guardado is your captain. He actually just released a story on The Athletic yesterday talking about how he's been in, uh, this is going to be his third World Cup. Mm. And it's, it's about his upbringing. He's a really humble guy, really, really talented player. And then, uh, then you have your forwards, which I think that they almost have too much talent up front. Mm. You know, um, you know, you have Chicha, which I think that it, it is and will always be a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he might be the odd man out. You know, I think he might be a super sub. You know, that's interesting. You know, and, and I think that that's that's really weird because you have a player who's Mexico's leading scorer. You know, and he's played in doesn't be his third World Cup throughout his prime, and he's never really been a predominant starter mm-hmm. on on the team. Then you're gonna have Tecatito, Vela. Uh, El Chucky, which I think are your your three best forwards. You know, you have Raul Jimenez, who's kind of like a bigger, huskier forward, who's going to play rough and tough. Um, but uh, he just actually just got signed to, I think, Wolves in the EPL. But um, What do you think about El Chucky? I mean, he is... I mean, with a, he can make himself a very rich man with a good World Cup, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely, he has the talent and scoring ability to play for Real Madrid, to play for Bayern Munich, to play for Barcelona. Um, what's your thoughts on him going up against Germany? You know, that, that German back line is very experienced. Um, you know, you, you finally lose Philip Lamb back there, who's been their captain. So I'm curious, you know, um, I think that he might be, I don't know what the game plan is going to be. Um, it might be, hey, we're going to just sit back and play defense and let Chucky and Tecatito try to work their magic. Also, I think it's, it's for the last two World Cups, we've heard about Carlos Vela. Well, yeah. I know he didn't play it, but we've, like, there was always that anticipation. Is he going to make the team? Is he not going to be on the team? Is he fighting with the Federation? Is he fighting with his head coach? Yada, yada, yada. He's finally on the roster. I'm looking for him to make an imprint in this World Cup. I mean, because it's... It's we're going on like eight to ten years of hearing about this kid, yeah. And now here's your chance. Well, and, you, and, and from what I've read and, and been told and heard, it it always seems to be someone else's fault that either doesn't like him or doesn't get along with him or he's not getting along with his teammates. So for me at least, this this here's your chance. You're getting your chance. What are you gonna do with it? You know, Bella and Chicha came up through the Chivas youth system. You mm-hmm. know. And uh, there's actually, uh, I think, Soccer 90 or Copa 90 on YouTube just has a really dope 10-minute documentary mm-hmm. on Chicha. And it talks about how he came up and it, sh- it really highlights the differences in between Vela and Chicha. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Vela coming over to, you know, he, he was tearing it up, I think, at, at Real Sociedad or be. Villarreal, I mm-hmm. think it was a racist. He was tearing it up, man. Mm-hmm. And he he re- he was really. I think he's matured a lot. You know, okay. you know, at that party a few weeks ago, he was one of the only players who wasn't there. Mm. You know, and I think that shows his maturity. But I think that that comes with um, the responsibilities that he's had to take on at LAFC. 
I think he's really, really um, trying to fix his image. Mm -hmm. The talent's there. You know, it's just a matter of if the goals are going to go in or if he's going to have the setups. And I think that this will be the World Cup where it happens. It's just, um, is it going to result in the quinto partido? You know, mm -hmm. but but I'm definitely excited to have him there. So what I'm hearing is is that if there was a Mexican breakout player for you, it would be you would lean towards Vela. I mean, yeah. it's there. You got to make it happen. I, I would say Vela, but I think Tecatito is um, is really going to be a, a, a you know his his Tecatito. You know he has that dribbling ability. Mm -hmm. You know that that's mm -hmm. what that what that's what that means. And you know um, I, I think that he is really gonna gonna make some interesting runs. He's gonna he's gonna make some great plays. Mm -hmm. So I think that the player Chucky's gonna be awesome. Vela's gonna be reliable. I think that the key player is gonna be Tecatito. Okay, and and El Chucky Lozano, he gets his name. Well, it is Chucky, but they're really trying to say Chucky. Chucky, yeah. Because he looks like uh, the little the little menace from the nineties or yeah. early two thousands. The little the little uh, the little dog killer. Yeah, Chucky from uh, Chucky one two three and Chucky's child's, uh, child's play. play. Yeah. That Chucky, but the raza being the raza is El Chucky, and and that's where El Chucky comes from. Oh shit, hold on, hold on. Who's who who Whoa 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 who's that? Who's that? Quien es? Uh, it's Mr. Rogers. Hey, it's El Compa Asi del IE making a guest appearance on the World Cup preview show of Californiando. How you doing, Compa Asi? right here. Where you been, Compa Asi? Uh you know, just working. Hey, that's what I, that's what I like to hear, man. No, no harder work than El Compasi. So we just, we just got through breaking down sort of a Mexico's coach, uh, Osorio. We, we broke down a little bit of the team. So BC, can you go back to uh, just final? Th give us your Mexico team expectations, BC. I don't know about expectations. Um, I, I have two. I, ha I have two scenarios, and it, it all depends on how they go out against Germany. Mm -hmm. If it was me. You know my saying: scare money, don't make money. For sure. You know Germany's gonna Germany's gonna come out, I believe, cautious, and you know just try to maybe not try to score five or six goals. And I feel like if you're Mexico, you have to go balls out. Mm -hmm. And if you can get three points, which is really unlikely, you're set up to win the group and avoid Brazil in the second round. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, Mexico's Mexico. I expect a tie. <laughs> I expect a tie against Germany. Okay. And two wins. And it's going to come down to goal differential to who makes to who wins the group. I just see Germany scoring like six goals against South Korea. Okay. <laughs> so I think Germany will finish first and Mexico will finish second in the group. So the, what do you think is the media's expect or the fan or the Mexican fan the me Mexican media expectations of this team? <laughs> I, I think they're unrealistic. I, I think which, that which would means what? What, what with, is their expectations? To be Brazil, to, to, not even to be Brazil. Because they have such a, a vague goal, which is el quinto partido, which is making it to the quarterfinals, which okay. is pat, which is the final eight, and it's like to do that you have to be Brazil, and to me Brazil, after the embarrassment they suffered on home soil mm -hmm. against Germany seven one, that they're that, that in this tournament they're going to be the best team, they're okay. going to be focused, and then we'll, that'll lead us on to. Uh, 
the yeah. World Cup preview yeah. at the end, but you kind of gave us a, a... But but I don't think that uh, Mexico will... I, I don't think Mexico will beat Brazil. I think they'll get eliminated in the second round again. Okay. Uh, Ozzy, compa Ozzy, what what is your personal expectation from this Mexico team in this Mexican in, in this World Cup? Uh, my expectations, I, I mean, like Brian said, we all live and die for Mexico, and uh, I think that player forgets to score in the final seconds of the game and they end up losing in overtime (laughs) (laughs) hey uh, (laughs) with that being said what is what is your personal expectation from this team Ozzy Personally, I mean, I think if, if if you're going to have to play a German team, I, I don't see a better situation than having to play them in the first game. You know, they're going to be wondering what to do. Mexico's going to be wondering what to do. It's not going to be like a, a, a Germany with two, three, four games under their belt. So the opportunity for you to pull off the upset is there. Uh, will it happen? Man, I see, I see a, a close, either a... 3-2, two, 2-1 two, loss, or best case scenario, a tie. Which, I mean, who really likes ties at the end of the day? You know? Yeah, but a tie is huge for Mexico right there. It would be huge. So I think if they're able to get out with a tie, I think, you know, they should go on to that next round. And, and once you're in an elimination in any kind of tournament, it's, man, anything can happen. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it is true, you know, um... People remember that amazing German team from four years ago, but people forget that they went into overtime against Algeria, you know, in, in the second round. Where's he from? Algeria, home <laughs> of the country. Oh, I thought it was the Copa Al. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then also that they, they they went into overtime against Argentina in the final, you know? Yeah. So so you once, you once you get into those second round games, anything can happen. I so. mean, I, I agree, and I think... It's, it's, it's the right time for Mexico to play them. First game, you know, they might have jitters just like Mexico might have jitters. And, and if you jump on them with a 1-0 lead, you never know. You never know what can happen. I am not expecting a blowout. I'll put that on, on tape right now. With all that being said, with our Mexico preview, we're hoping they, they, they go far. Uh, BC, give us, give us like three or four fun teams to watch. So I'm going to go top heavy. <laughs> I think that uh, Brazil is... I think that they're going to be the most attack-minded Brazil we've seen in the last 20 years. Okay. You know, they have a really revolutionary coach who was the conditioning coach four years ago. So he knows the team. He came up through the Brazil's team, uh, through the Brazil uh, systems. And then he took a year off and traveled around the world and studied revolutionary, revolutionary tactics in the game. So it kind of sounds like Osorio. 
a well, little. Osorio bit. started as a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But I mean, he he he, he yeah, had some uh, better players. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and so what he did is um, the defensive line is gonna play twenty meters forward. Mm-hmm. So they're just gonna play balls at yeah. I love which it. I mean, but they like to bring it up. So they're gonna they're gonna leave a lot of space back there. I mean that's 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 getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Hopefully it happens, but uh, it's kind of the spread offense in football. That's yeah. what they're kind of going with. Yeah. Give us give us two two more teams. Um. So I'm gonna go with France, which is uh, a lot of the people's you know trendy favorite. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be very attack minded as well. They have a lot of attacking power. Um. They also run a four three three. Um. And they have a lot. They have Mbappe. They have Dembele. They have Paul Pogba, they have uh, Antoine Griezmann, which they have a lot of attack power. So they're going to score a lot of goals. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that another team that is going to be a lot of fun to watch is going to be Belgium. Mm. And yeah, um, they they just have a lot of really good individual talent. And um, they made the semifinal four years ago. So... um, I'm I'm kind of curious as to how they're gonna be up front with La Luku, um, but they're gonna be fun to watch. They are gonna score some goals, and I think that their defense isn't great. So I think that they're 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 gonna have some goals scored on them. So um, be a couple of shootouts. Yeah. So I think that they're gonna be fun to watch. Copa do you got any fun teams to watch? That's what I'm getting into right now with the Belgian thing. I don't know very much about them, but what I've been hearing is that like Brian said, hit hit the nail right on the head. That there, there's a bunch of great individual talent. Mm-hmm. Whether they can put it together is it, a question. And I've, I've seen a lot of these polls. They've not been going to the finals. You know, and, and, yeah. and they went into to, to overtime against the U.S. four years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, so so they're vulnerable. You know, they're, 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 they're but they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, and, and, and what about, what about like a, a team like Spain? How do they, they, they <laughs> to quote Deadspin? Spain shoots itself in the dick the day before the World Cup. I, I mean, I had them making the final against Brazil, but they just fired their coach. You know, and the, the thing about Spain is that they're talented, and on top of talent, they're experienced. You know, they, they're back, they're, their defensive line is the best one in the tournament. You know, you have Gerard Pique and you have Sergio Ramos, which are Barcelona and Real Madrid's best defenders. You know, their midfield is one of the best midfields in the world. Um, but they, be, they play more of a ball control kind of game, right? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is that um, I'm curious as to who's going to be their, 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 their score. Their score. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have a clear-cut uh, striker or forward up there. So I, I, would, I can see them struggling to, to score goals. But they're definitely going to be a good game. You know, they, they're definitely going to play some good 0-0 matches. All right. Uh, BC, give us your top three games to watch for the casual fan out there who doesn't have a rooting interest because uh, El Salvador didn't make it or because their <laughs> beloved uh, the United States of America didn't make it. I, you know, some kind of karmic uh, interference because they voted Donald jo- uh, J. Trump as president. Uh, who are give me give me some top three games for the average fan that's just gonna. Wake up on a random Saturday or Sunday at 8 a.m., throw on the TV, throw on Fox, and see. Well, I, I, my first game is actually going to be this Friday. Okay. And I think, uh, you know, I what think... What time is it at? It's at 11. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Right? And um, I think that uh, one of the things about this tournament is it's top-heavy. 
So it, there isn't really like a lot of like really good like matches. Um, I expect I expect chalk to to uh, chalk to go through, but um, I have Portugal against Spain. So like, that's that's yeah. Friday at uh, Friday. What's the date on that? The day after tomorrow. <laughs> the what? What Aussie? The fifteenth. Okay, so Friday, June fifteenth, yeah. eleven a.m. Spain Portugal. Yeah. Um, that'll be fun, you know. It'll be fun to see uh, Cristiano Ronaldo go against his team member Sergio Ramos over there. Okay. Let's see if Sergio Ramos gives him that uh, the Mohamed Salah treatment. Hey, ooh, ooh. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then I think that um, I think the Germany Mexico game is gonna be a really interesting that's, that's, game. That's that's one of your games to watch. Yeah, on Sunday. And Sunday, eight a.m. Eight a.m. The seventeenth. The seventeenth, and the last one is gonna be a game three, uh, the third, the third game in this group, and it is Belgium against England, and that is on June twenty eighth at it's telling me seven p.m. But that that's local time, so oh, it'll sure. probably be like a five a.m. game here. Okay. But I think that that game, especially because it's the third match. That um, it's either going to be a really good one, mm -hmm. or it might just be like, hey, let's throw our guys out here and, okay. and, and go for a tie. But I think that um, that's going to be a really good game. Any truth to the rumor that next Saturday, uh, the will end up being the twenty, the twenty second, eight a.m. Mexico, <laughs> South Korea, in Koreatown. Any truth to the rumor that? Anybody, anybody that listens to California can come join us in K-Town to watch, watch that game. Are Korean barbecue spots open that area? Hey, yes. <laughs> I'm going to bring a dozen eggs and throw them on the grill. <laughs> so, Ozzy, will you be there with us? Well, I've got the invitation, but... Well, hey, so did everyone else on Californiando. I, I, I heard Californiando might be giving a t-shirt away at, at that time. Hey, so for any fans listening to the podcast... Hit us up on IG, hit us up on email to get the info, the location, and come watch the, the Mexico-South Korea game with us a week from this Saturday. So those are your top three games to watch, BC. That is it. That is them. Ozzy, do you have any? Uh, Mexico versus Germany, Mexico versus <laughs> I like that. That's respect. Uh, BC, any players to watch? You know, you're going to, the obvious ones, you know, you have uh, Neymar, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Those, those are, they're just worth 90 minutes of your day. Yeah. You know, um, I, I do have uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who is uh, plays yeah. for Manchester City, and he plays for uh, Denmark. It, is any truth to the rumor that he's the Denmarkian Kevin Brown? No, nah, I've never heard that. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I, he is a talent, man, and he's um, no wait. De Bruyne plays for fucking uh, no, yeah, he plays for Denmark. Or no, wait. We we just got fake news, breaking news, back to fake no, yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, he plays for Denmark. All right, Denmark. And Kevin uh, De Bruyne. Wait, who else? Hold on. And then uh, I have a uh, Pop Pogba. No, oh, I love Pogba. Yeah, Pogba Magic, and uh, I have uh, his teammate and countryman uh, Mbele, who plays for Barca. Who is uh on the French national team? Yeah, he, and he's like nineteen years old. Nice. He, he's pretty. He's pretty awesome. And then I have Christian Eriksen. He plays for Denmark. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne plays for Belgium. I'm sorry. Okay. Not Belgium. Yeah. And um, Christian Eriksen plays for Denmark. He had that second goal. He's pretty freaking awesome. 
And um, I think the German striker, you know, they had uh, Miloslav Klosa mm. back there for like four four World Cups. I remember him. So they, they just brought up a, um, a striker from RB Leipzig. And this is their this was their first year in um, in the first round in the first division of the German league. I think that he's gonna put some work in. I think that he's gonna get some goals. Um, okay. So I, I, those are my players: Messi, Neymar, Cristiano, Kevin De Bruyne, Paul Pogba, Christian Eriksen, Timo Warner, and also El Chucky. El Chucky, El Chucky Lozano, Ozzy, your players to watch. Same here. And, uh, and I mean, the biggest names, like you said, Messi, the Ronaldo's are the ones that stand out for me most. And then, just like that, like, I'm not really, I get, I get going for the World Cup but I, and for anything Mexico. But other than that, I'm just very casual fan, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. BC, give us just a quick, your quick group winners. So I have Uruguay and Russia out of Group A. I have Spain and Portugal. I have France and Denmark. Argentina, Croatia. Brazil, Serbia. Serbia's gonna be a dark horse. Germany, Mexico. Belgium, England. Colombia, Senegal. Ozzy? I like all his picks, but you know who I do like? I like Iceland. The Suns. The Suns. I just like their chance. Every player on their team is had in their last name ends with son. <laughs> oh yeah. Eric son, Grender son, Daniel song. Uh, that's I mean that's just pretty interesting tidbit that you could only get on Californiando. Only place. Only place. BC, give us your World Cup champ. So in the I'll give you my semis. So uh, I have France Brazil with Brazil going ahead, Spain Germany. And um, I think I have uh, Germany going ahead, and then Brazil reclaiming that awful 7-1 humiliation of of four years ago. And all of a sudden, L.A. will be filled with Brazilian jerseys once again. Yeah, I I have a friend down the street named Alien Face who's a big (laughs) Brazil fan. Ozzy, World Cup champ, brother. And your your eventual winner? Uh, Germany. Das German. The back to back, huh? Yeah. Das jump. They're trying to do what the uh, Golden State Warriors just did. Back to back, like Swaggy Pig. As as far as for my prediction, World Cup winner, I'm going with the super upset of all upsets. Mexico finally gets to raise the trophy. Wow. Jack can't even do that on FIFA. <laughs> Southgate will burn up in hell. Huntington Park will burn up as, as, as if they're hell. And me, I won't go to work for like two days. Let's end on this. Let's end on what is the reason uh, us individually, we root for Mexico over the, not, well, yes, over the United States. BC, why is Mexico your team that you root for? I mean, I wouldn't say that I root for them over the United States, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I like watching U.S. soccer. I, I'm not a big believer in this divide that uh, Fox is trying to push. 
Um, you know, is there a divide? I, I mean, I, you know, from from what I've read, uh, from what I've seen, and I've read numerous articles talking about why Americans should root for the, for oh. Mexico, you know? And I, I just don't like uh, feeding into that narrative because then it becomes something that soccer isn't. You know, it becomes that it's something that Mexicans do and the United States can't or doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then soccer itself becomes othered. And, and I'm, I'm just not up for all that, you know? Um, but is that similar to like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we're other than Ozzy, we're Bruin fans. Uh, let's say... UCLA makes it to the Final Four in basketball. Across on the other side of the bracket is, say, Washington. Isn't it kind of similar? Like, well, you know what? UCLA got knocked out, but we're Pac-12 fans. Let's go for Washington or no? I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, because I think that um, a lot of kids growing up, like I know personally, I was, you know, like I could like I got made fun of for wanting to play soccer. Mm-hmm. I got made fun of for rooting for Mexico, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that... It's just I think that a lot of people might feel that way about it. So okay. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's necessarily a- as clear cut as the Dodgers versus the Angels, you okay. know. Because I think that it's easy to because it is national and, and a lot a, a lot of nationalism can go into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, like I, I'm not even hooked. yeah without yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, why do you root for Mexico? Porque soy chiva de corazón, you know, like, I'm a chiva, you know, that, that, that's probably one of my favorite teams up there, right, with the Dodgers and, mm-hmm. and the Mexican national team. You know, I grew up watching Mexico soccer, that's how I fell in love with it, you know, um, okay. and watching, like, I can remember every, every World Cup Mexico lost since 94, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember exactly where I was at, where they were playing, and to me, it's just something that I've always been able to share with some of my uncles, you know, mm-hmm. and my dad, you know. Um, I remember going to the Coliseum in 92, Mexico versus Brazil. I remember, you know, uh, the 2002 summer, I would stay up late and watch the, the partidos with my tío Eliasar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, just watching all the games with my dad. And, you know, it, it really is one of those experiences in L.A. where you can go and just be fucking Mexican unapologetically and mm. drink beer and talk in Spanish and sing and just feel surrounded by love and fan mm. and fun and a great atmosphere. So that's... Until, that's, they, let, uh, until they don't let you into the Rose Bowl. Well, I mean... <laughs> so what I'm hearing is is you, you've just been brought up to, to root for Mexico and, and, and you love it. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, if you... If, that among other things, you know, like, like what, like a player like Chicharito, you know, mm-hmm. I've watched him play since his Chiva days. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. watched him come up through organizations. So I there's wa- an attachment. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I watched uh, Diego Reyes. I hating Diego Reyes when he played for America. Mm-hmm. You know, or um, a player like Oribe Peralta, who I hate. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, perfect example, fucking Rafa, fucking Marquez. You know, mm-hmm. El Kaiser. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I've watched him play since he fucking, since I was in a quinceañera and he won a, a, a championship for Atlas, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's awesome to me, you know, it, it, I, I'm able to have that, that connection to a lot of the players. And that's what's up. Compa Asi. What's up? What, what is it that, why do you root for the Mexican national team when it comes down to, to soccer? Because it's my country, man. I was born there. Okay. Yeah. 
that brought up my somewhat to seeing these games. I remember every every summer, you know, when that was the World Cup in the summer, that's why you would watch on, on regular TV when it was like eight o'clock in the morning, you know, or ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And watching, I remember watching Luis Hernandez and, and that the, those magical runs. They, they had a couple good runs when they did the you know. Yeah. And and, and like he says, like going to the Rose Bowl when when I when Brian took me one time to the Rose Bowl to watch Mexico play mm-hmm. against the United States. That was probably one of the. It is probably one of the great sports events, the sporting events I've ever been in my life. Just the the atmosphere, it was electric, and it was just like wow. Uh, that was I was blown away by it. Yeah, and that was just part of the reason. It's just it's just yeah, you're you're attracted to them, you know. And every time they're on TV, you you watch them, and and it sucks because I I like Brian. He's a real sucker fan, and he watches the team up. He watches all that stuff and. I, I can't grab it, but I can grab the mental Mexican national team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and picking off off of you, I'm I'm the same way. I'm not I'm not gonna sit there on a Saturday or Sunday and watch, you know, the Mexican league, or I'm not gonna turn on MLS. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. turn on any type of. So I'm I'm not gonna wake up on a Saturday at a.m. because you know Barca's playing Real Madrid. It's is just not for me. But it's it's something about when when that green jersey is on TV, and to me, it, it's it's more like a sense of pride. It's something to be prideful about. It, it, it's okay for you to live in the U. Or at least for me, it's okay to live in the U.S. and root for Mexico because at the end of the day, my blood is Mexican. At the end of the day, my mom, you know, my dad, my family, we're all Mexican. We've been raised Mexican. My first language was Spanish, even if I was born here. So, you know, it's a sense of pride, like just getting getting everyone together and having something that we all root for. You know, it's it's very common for us to watch a UCLA-USC game and half of us are one fan, half of us are the other ones. You know, watching a Dodger-anyone game, you know, half of us are Dodger fans, the other ones are just watching for baseball or, you know... NFL, we're all scattered, but it to me it's freaking awesome that you know every four years there's these three to four games that we can all find common ground. We're all proudful about it. We all root the same way, and you know every time the tournament ends, we all end with heartbreak. But it's something that we all do together. It, it's something that. You know, I remember the last, the, the, the last, the No Era Penal game. You know, I remember where I watched it. I remember who I, who was there. I remember looking at everyone's face and everybody was was feeling the same way. And, you know, it, w- it was something to be proud about. It was something to be like, fuck it, we lost, but shit. We got like 30 people to wake up on a Sunday to drive out to Azusa to watch a game that starts at 8 a.m. And we were all there. You know what I mean? And we all watched it. We all we all went crazy when that first goal was 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 made and, and we Gio dos Santos. And, and we all and we all and our hearts were all broke at the same time when 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 they made that penalty shot. I, I would just like to um let, let's have a moment and, and hope that uh everything goes well for the Nora Penal guy. You know <laughs> You know, I, I I just hope that that guy that we can, they they can they can win for him. Yeah, oh, that's what's up, bro. That's what's up. Um, and, and you know that that's why I root for Mexico. 
I don't feel less American. I don't feel more Mexican. It's it's just what I want to do. It, it's it's who I root for. You know, and I remember watching the the uh, Olympics when they won the gold. My mom was in tears watching that team because for her it's really a sense of pride because she was really born there, and it's like these these Mexicans are like me, and they made it. You know what I mean? I, I don't hate the U.S. when they play soccer, but I also don't have a U.S. jersey per se. I don't have any jerseys, but if I did, I wouldn't buy one. BC. I, I have a U.S. jersey. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I just like soccer, you know. And uh, I, 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 have you ever lost a U.S. jersey though that you really <laughs> hid, but you blamed? Why you want to bring up bullshit? <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Have you ever lost a U.S. jersey on purpose? Nah, I, I, I was drunk. Like you have a Mexican why, why one. Why you want to bring up bullshit, <laughs> Compa Ozzy? No, as far as uh, closing thoughts, anything you want to throw out there before the podcast is over? Nah, man, just, uh, just, just, just hope for the best for Mexico, man. That'd be awesome. Like you said, this is the only, now that you, you got me thinking, this pretty much the only other thing that the Lakers that we all root for the same thing, you know? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, and sure. we haven't root for the Lakers in a long time because they're, they're problems with Yeah, it's great to get together and, uh, and just be on the same page for a yeah, man, and it's, I mean, it's a sense of pride. It's its something that even, even like I said, like my mom roots for, my uncles, like BC said. So it's not its not like just like a quote-unquote youngster thing. It's its an everyone thing. its It's, my grandma's the biggest hater. She'll always go against the crowd, but even on this, she goes for the Mexicans. You know? So, I mean, there's nothing better than that. BC, uh, closing thoughts? Nothing that I haven't already said. You know, I, I would just tell, encourage everybody out there to, um, to watch them in a fun, loving environment. Uh-huh. You know, with everything that we've been through politically the last two years. You know, just take a moment to, you know, share this Mexican experience with your loved ones. You know? Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, have some chilaquiles or some bagels or whatever on or Sunday morning. Fucking have some, yeah, exactly. Have some fucking breakfast. Uh, some breakfast burritos. Yeah. Who cares? Skip or, church. Or go <laughs> fucking pancakes or waffle, whatever. Yeah. And I'm hoping that finally, and I hope he listens to this, I hope he finally admits El Vago de la Vecindad Compa Pete's that he's Mexican at heart. This is his chance. His Salvi team is out. His U.S. team is out. Here's his chance to finally say, you know what? I'm really Mexican. I listen to Corridos now. I caught him bumping Legado 7 on his way home the other day. He didn't know I was listening. I fucking heard him listening to that shit. Ozzy? Uh, I mean, hopefully he, he, he right. finally realizes that he is Mexican. <laughs> he tries to act. He doesn't like that. Mexican. I'm listening to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, viva Mexico, cabrones. Ozzy? So, from your servidor, Tobar. This is El Señor BC. BC. El Compa Asi del IE. Thanks for listening. Ya se ha acabado el show. This has been another WTHA production.